All right. Well, welcome tonight. It's good to see y'all. And uh, tonight we're in Second Corinthians chapter nine, and uh, we've been working our way through here, plodding along. We'll be done soon with the whole uh, first and second Corinthians. So. I'm praying about where we go next, but we've been talking about credible Christian offerings, credible Christian uh, life, and uh, preparing our mind and our heart. and And tonight is this perfect timing because uh, of what I was talking about this morning. So I'm kind of excited about that. We're talking about being prepared for harvest tonight. So just by way of review, in case you're just picking up an outline. Sorry, Pam, they're out on the connections counter. So else yeah, is it while she's out? Anybody else need an outline? All right. Amy, you took Nathan's spot. So, it's a Baptist man, they have their spots. I've noticed that. Poor Trues got displaced. <laughs> They're still in got PTSD counseling going on with them. So, <laughs> so um, oh, you did? It was at home. So, well, that's okay. Now you got double. That's right, double the pleasure. All right, so uh, we've been talking about this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we talked, of course, chapter 8 deals with the giving examples, and chapter 9, uh, and also giving in samples that, that Paul talked about with the Macedonians. And uh, chapter eight, 9 then deals with preparing our mind and preparing our heart. So we talked about how important it was to prepare our mind, how God wants us to have a prepared mind so we know why we give. Um, and so disciples uh, make uh, uh, discipleship makes teaching on giving superfluous. I talked about that. I talked about how credible Christians make ministry to the saints a priority. We saw how our credible uh, cre- our credibility is not based on what we think, but what we do. In Second uh, Corinthians nine two through four, then we saw that we need to be prepared to back up our giving commitments. Um, you know, that was the thing that Paul was telling the Corinthians to make sure when the folks come to pick up the gift that you're ready. Uh, you guys started all this excitement. You need to make sure you do your part. Uh, and God isn't asking you to give what you don't have, but what you do have. We cover that in chapter 8. Then we talked about the need to prepare our hearts. Um, God wants us to have a prepared mind so we know why to give. He wants us to have a prepared heart so we know um, how to give. And so uh, we may we must be a blessing uh, to receive a blessing, that's what we saw last week, and then we saw that it's point B that it's bountiful giving. Our bountiful giving is produced from a bountiful heart. So out of the abundance of our heart, we not only speak but we give from our heart. Then we saw in uh, the point C that God will not forget those uh, who have giving hearts, and uh, that brought us up through verse ten of the text. So tonight we're going to pick up verse 11 and go down through the end of the chapter in verse 15. And, and uh, tonight we're going to be speaking on uh, or learning about being having uh, being prepared for harvest. So credible Christian offerings and being prepared for harvest, which is perfect because that's what we've been talking about on Sunday morning. So God wants us to have a prepared mind so we know why to give. He wants us to have a prepared heart so we know how to give. And uh, and so now let's look at, pick it up in verse uh, 11 and see what the Lord has for us. He says, "...being enriched in every thing to all bountifulness, which cause, causes through us thanksgiving to God for the administration of this service, not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God." Whilst by the experiment of the ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. 
and by their prayer for you, which is long after which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your unspeakable gift. Without you, Lord, we could do nothing. Uh, but because of you, nothing's impossible. And uh, as Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, uh, he was reminding them of the grace that has been bestowed upon them, as well as in the previous chapter, the grace that was bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Heavenly Father, uh, this text is a little... Um, it can be confusing to read through. We don't uh, speak like that. It's, it's kind of technical. So, Lord, help uh, give us understanding. Lord, help us not to be beguiled from the simplicity that's in Christ. Open up our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of the law, out of the Word, out of the, the rich and incredible New Testament. Heavenly Father, we pray a blessing on uh, on the things that we're going to hear. We praise you and thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross in our place. Lord, we're thankful for the fact that, Lord, we're already in Christ if we're saved. And, uh, Lord, the rest of this is academic. Lord, we just need to make sure we do what we're told. We need to obey like good children do. And, Lord, you have so much awaiting uh, in your glory for us. So, uh, Lord, I pray that we'd believe your word. Help us to be faithful, not faithless. And, uh, Lord, like Thomas, Lord, may we thrust our hands in. May we put our hands in your hands and just uh, really grasp hold of who you are, uh, our Lord, our God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, allow this time to encourage your saints as we go to praying here in a little bit. Lord, we pray that our prayers would be fervent and effectual and avail much. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, so we're going to be prepared for the harvest. Before I get too far into that, I am glad, Nathan, you are not a Cleveland Brands, uh, Browns fan. So that's a blessing. Uh, so we have no schisms in the body. So that's good. All right. So we're going to prepare for harvest tonight. Uh, verse 11. So we're going to start off. Uh, so when we give point A, God's uh, when we give God's blessings to others, it produce uh, produces thanksgiving. Uh, to God. That's pretty simple. That's really what Paul's talking about here. Is uh, And notice he doesn't just say thanksgiving. In verse in 12, he says thanksgivings. But in verse 11, he says thanksgiving. So being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, uh, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. When you think of that word bountiful, uh, I don't know about you, but you can, you know, at Thanksgiving time, you always have that horn of plenty, and you have all the fruits uh, just kind of flowing out of that uh, uh, that horn. Hey, Chris, do you need? Did you need keys to that room? Do you not have keys? I'm sure you don't. Did, is it closed? Is what I'm saying. You got that? Okay, thank you. And so, uh, so forgive us. We should have that open for you, brother. I apologize. And so, uh, so you know, their offering produced Thanksgiving to God through the ministry team of Paul. And that's really what he's saying is that is that you know their offering is producing uh, this Thanksgiving through Paul's team. And so you know it's nine eleven. You know in our culture nine eleven is an emergency. This here is a blessing in Second uh, Corinthians nine eleven. So who's giving thanks to God? This is a practical thing. Who is giving thanks to God uh, because you're willing to give offerings to their ministry? Think about that. Who practically, I don't want you necessarily to open up and, uh, you know, necessarily say that out loud, but we should all, you know, kind of be aware of that, that there are people 
I'm one of them at this church. Uh, you know, the offerings of the saints get to keep this church going forward. So we have tithes here, tithes and offerings, and sacrificial giving. In our discipleship, we teach kind of three levels of giving. There's that just obedient giving. The first place, good place to start is tithing. It's an Old Testament principle, yes. It was before the law, so it's just a good place to start. Um, and, of course, we bring that into the storehouse, and we, and we use that for the ministry, um, which about... Two-thirds of it goes to, well, all of it goes to ministry here. Two-thirds of it goes to, um, you know, however we get the ministry done around here. And about a third of it goes to facilities, which is also supporting how we get the ministry done around here. So, um, but at any rate, um, it's not all about nickels and and dollars and all of that. It's really, though, the blessing that 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 should translate when we give financially. It should translate to a blessing, but not just a blessing that's like a tangible piece of equipment or a building, although that is part of it, but most importantly, in the in the encouragement of the ministry going forward and the ministers. And that's really what Paul's talking about is his team. Uh, when he's talking about being enriched in, uh, in everything to all bountifulness, um, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. So his ministry team is encouraged. They're, they're, they're fired up. And so I was thinking about that. I thought, you know, you, if you take our missionaries here at HBF, and they really are. They are encouraged by the bountifulness of HBF, uh, the giving. Uh, both the, uh, you know, of course, we give a percentage of our income every week goes to set aside to go to missionaries. But over and above that, the church body gives, and we're fixing to distribute uh, the Christmas offering that came in, and uh, as well as every quarter. Uh, if we have, if our, if we, if our budget exceeds our gifts and what we're giving out to missionaries, any excess that we have goes to those missionaries too, or to some missionary endeavor. So we want to be a blessing, and that causes those that are being ministered to, and those that minister with them to be encouraged. So, practically speaking, then that would be like Joe Hendrigsman. And today you can see the benefits of that in real time. You know, it's, he's unloading Bibles in in uh, Oaxaca. And, and, you know, he's on social media thanking us for sending those Bibles. You know, they're all rejoicing uh, in what God has given. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, just, you know, what's interesting um, is the people that this church has supported, the Brian, Brian Clarks, and, uh, you know, there's so many. Some of these are supported missionaries like Brian and Jeff Barker and uh, Doug Pearson, and, and uh, I could go down a long list of people. And then there's others that aren't supported, but yet they think they are because of the gifts of Heartland, because of the people of Heartland give over and above. And they don't know that they're not supported by our church. They'll call and say, hey, man, thanks for supporting us. And they are supported by our church, uh, but in reality, it's the gifts of people giving over and above. It's not coming out of the, the regular missions offering because they're, they're not a supported missionary. They're just an approved missionary. And that is encouraging them to go forward. And so I've actually had to break the news to somebody once time or a couple people that yeah um praise god you know but you're actually just a supported missionary you're not or you're an approved missionary you're not a supported missionary but the the people of god were supporting them so well they didn't know any different you know they just thought praise god this church is supporting us and of course through certain members that may be the case but uh but uh, at any rate that's an incredible testimony to god's people and it causes them to have thanksgiving uh back uh, back in the day uh, about over a decade ago now many years ago 15 16 years ago 17 years ago we had a lady named karen supernaw 
and she was such a giver to missions it, it wasn't through financial I don't know what she gave financially because I don't know who gives what but maybe she did give a lot financially but I know one of the things that she did was she literally called every single missionary that we that was uh, supported and approved and approved not just supported but approved and supported she called them she sent them birthday cards she I mean she kept up with them uh, all the time. I don't know how she did it. We had a lot of missionaries then. Uh, we had a lot now. We had a lot then, too. And uh, I had uh, the Mel's at the time were in, in uh, El Salvador as missionaries. And at the time, they were not. A, they were just approved. They weren't supported missionaries. Uh, by the way, they're just, they just came off. Uh, they just came off the field this last year, and they just came off our supported list. So be praying for us as we look for other folks to support. Uh, but at any rate, uh, back then when they were in El Salvador, uh, they they were one of those missionaries that said, "Boy, we just love your church. How much you care for us and 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 communicate with us. It means more than anything." <laughs> I'm just kind of convicted. I'm like, oh, you know, that's Karen Supernall doing that. You know, that was really her, just her gift. I mean, she was such an exhorter uh, of missionaries, and that was her heart. I don't. Most of you probably don't know who Karen is, but. She ended up moving to Wichita with her family. But she was an incredible, uh, bountiful giver. And it caused thanksgiving in those that would receive the gift. So those to whom uh, the relief was sent <clears throat> were multiplying their praise to God. And we see that in verse um, verse 12. So initially he's dealing with his team. you know, And he's very specific. It causes through us, verse 11, thanksgiving to God. Right? And so singular thanksgiving but then you get to verse 12 for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto god so this thing is multiplying uh there's not just it's not just hey praise the lord once i mean it's many thanksgivings so we must thank god for for starting the the process of uh of thanksgiving thanks be to god uh, in verse 15, he says, for his unspeakable gift, right? It's really Jesus who starts the process. The gift, the gift of giving starts with Jesus Christ. We start, we talk about that at Christmas time. He's the, uh, you know, he's the reason for the season and all of those things. It's true, really. When it comes to giving, if you think about it, <clears throat> um, our flesh is not going to give unless we get something back. It's not the way our flesh works. Our flesh likes to get what it wants. It doesn't give away. Sacrifice is not something that people do naturally. Sacrifice is what we do supernaturally. And uh, and so God, uh, I'm not saying there aren't some good people. Jesus even says that, yay, right? Uh, if a man lay down his life for his friend, you know, man, that's a good friend, you know. So it, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But the point is, is that, that really giving starts with Jesus Christ. And, and that's where the thanksgiving ultimately leads to. Because Jesus Christ is the is the initiator of all giving. He gives He gives the universe you know, uh, he he puts us here. <laughs> he's a creator, uh, and then he quickens everything, and then he he's allowing us. Even though we have free will, he is still allowing things to work out so we can experience love and we can make decisions. And that's an amazing thing that he does. He teaches us how to give, and uh, and not just to give to get, right? And so, in the world's economy, <clears throat> giving is about return on investment, or ROI. And we use those analogies a lot in the ministry because there is a truth in that. Jesus, God the Father, didn't give his son so he wouldn't get nothing in return. 
He wants everyone in return, right? He gave his son, but but that was a losing proposition from the word go, right? When God gave his son, that's not that wasn't going to be a winning uh, situation for the father. I mean, he was he has a, you know the character of God is is found in the way he chose how to reconcile humanity. Uh, humanity was not worth his his, his effort. It just isn't. Uh, but yet he it is because he deemed it so. Humanity would have absolutely no value if God would not have esteemed us redeemable. So God is the one who gives us our value. And, and not only that, he lays down the, the most precious thing he could to say this is how valuable you are. Without that, we wouldn't even understand our own value. So if we value, if God values us, everyone, as we were just singing, the most defiled, Right, it can be redeemed through the gift of God. Well, then we should certainly value human life. So that's why we did that sanctity of life thing this this uh, this morning, because those are value systems that come. They resonate initially from God, and so a culture of life comes from the culture of giving, which comes from God. So those to whom the relief was sent were multiplying their praise to God, uh, and so uh, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. So without the gift of God's own Son, we would not have an, any ability to bless other people. We just wouldn't. I, we would. It's like preaching. You know, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing for me to say. But because of God, we have the Word. So now there's something to say. Right, we have something to give because God has given us all. I mean, He's given us all this. Man, what an incredible gift that is, especially in our language. The further we go down the line, and the more this Bible gets, try to, you know, gets watered down and pulled away from us, the more, man, I just appreciate how easy it was for me to receive it. You know, if you know the story of this English Bible right here, man, it is a story of a lot of blood. A lot of a lot of sweat and a lot of tears, literal blood, you know, to get us the Bible in our language. I promise you, there's no new translation coming off the critical text today that's uh, had any people, uh, you know, literally bleeding out over it. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're so they're not they're so 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 quick to change it so they can get it and run off another you know few million copies on a new press and make some more money that uh, they're not even going to stick with it for much over a year before they come out with something new because they got to keep the presses going, keep the presses going, you know. Uh, Man, this Bible, it didn't come like, it wasn't a business scheme, right? And uh, you can talk about King James, and you can talk about, you know, uh, if he was saved or lost. And, you know, praise the Lord. I don't know. God knows if he was saved. God knows if he was lost. At the end of the day, it wasn't about King James. It was about God preserving his word. And God used people that wanted to persecute. The people that God used primarily to preserve this Bible, they would have wanted to kill me back in the day or persecute at the very least, like they did John Bunyan. So, I mean, uh, they weren't just necessarily in love with Bible believers either. <laughs> so, But God, God even used that. In their life, a lot of those guys that were persecuting Bible believers, persecuting Puritans, Baptists—you know—they ended up themselves getting persecuted uh, once the Catholics were able to take back over or get some more influence in England. So, uh, do Bloody Queen Mary. So, those things had a way of working themselves out in history, and uh, and that's really what brought the Word of God. That's what brought the, the environment that allowed the Word of God to, to come to the fore in English. And so, there's just so many cool things that God has given us. Uh, he's given us His Word, the Son of God, so that we can be saved but he's also given us this church, the written word, so that we can give uh, give to the world the word of God. Man, what a blessing that is. And literally, we're trying to do that. That's why we have the armory. And you think, oh, we put some New Testaments together and sent them to Malawi. Guys, that is huge in Malawi. There are, that is going to multiply Thanksgivings. 
to God. Not only was it cool for Mark Trotter to receive it, me and he and his team, they're so thankful to receive that. Uh, but you know what? Uh, when Palira Chibwana gets it and then he spreads it out, man, there's going to be multiple pastors all across Malawi thankful for the Word of God. Same thing with the Word of God in Sierra Leone. Because not everywhere is like America. There are people that are literally thirsting for the Word of God. They don't have Bibles on every shelf. They don't even have Bibles in their own language. Uh, so this Chichewa is the best Bible they've got in their language. We just assembled it here and sent it right off the presses. And so you are part of getting the Word of God where it needs to go on time. It's exciting. And it's going to redound to thanksgivings to God. And so uh, there was a movie called Pay It Forward, and I didn't see it. But the concept was to do a good deed and watch the blessings multiply. And it does, it does, and it does uh, God good to know the investment that he made in his son was not in vain. Right? It, it, I, it, the father is happy when we take hold of the investment and then we pay it forward. And we take it to the next person, the next generation. Um, and so, point B: Have you experimented with with offering? Right. That's really the that's really the practical aspect of this whole thing. In verse thirteen, he says, "Whilst I like this by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men." Okay, so this is really rich when you really take a moment and meditate on verse 13. So, uh, whilst by the, the ex- we, don't, we all know what the English word experiment means, uh, of this ministration, they glorify God in, in, for your professed subjection uh, unto the gospel of Christ. So, they are ex- they're experiencing uh, through this experiment. They're getting the proof. So, this word experiment gives us the same uh, sense in which we enter into giving uh, offerings to God's work. So again, just just keep going with me here on this concept of giving and thinking about giving. And and when you think about giving, uh, and you put it in the context of experimenting, what are you really doing when you experiment? What are you trying to do, usually? Something. You're trying to produce something? Prove something. That's exactly right. Prove something and and produce something that gives you evidence and proof. Right? We got we understand the scientific process. So you go through and you're really you're testing an experiment. Tests something, and it comes up with evidence, proof that this is actually legitimate or it's not legitimate. Right? I mean, you're coming up with the evidence, the proof, uh, and so experiments produce proof. So try God. Right? Uh, this is what we can all do. We can go beyond a tithe of obedience and give an offering and test it. And we can just test God on that. And see, I don't know about y'all, but I cannot outgive God. I, I've tried it. Well, don't get me wrong. I don't, God, I don't want God to strike me down. I, I'm probably not as zealous at trying it as I need to be, but I have never been able to outgive God. Sadly, I'm often surprised by the fact of how I can't outgive God still. But yes, Jeff. Right, the flesh. So you give, and then God will in turn bless you, and you'll get richer off of your giving to God. That's not what Paul's talking about here. No, not at all. Yeah, that's how it's being twisted. Yeah, the, a lot of the word faith people. That's actually, unfortunately, you know, where the, and that where that catches the, 
catches the most people are the poorest physical people, uh, financially, the poor uh, countries. Yeah, Ron. So I'm reminded of, of a book that I heard about. It's Costi Hinn wrote a book called God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel. Mm. And uh, and he came out of that, you know. Right. And, and so he, you know, I mean, obviously we don't, you know, really want to even, and we know, you know, we know to the extreme those people can have been part of or have been doing that or are doing it. But to the less extreme, sometimes we can get into a mindset where we as Christians think somehow that, oh, if I give more, God is going to just give me money. And that, and that is not exactly what happens all the time. That is not um, exactly right. So we need, to, we need to definitely prove God and experiment with offering to the needs of other saints. And that is, uh, a, a, and that by nature, by the way, if you're given to other people, is not self-centered. And so, um, and of course, that doesn't necessarily mean you get a financial return. But I will tell you, uh, God will trust people with resources that will give them away. Right? If you're giving them away to get them back, well, you probably aren't going to get more resources. But if you give them away and you don't care, and man, I tell you what, God will put He will put the ball in your hands because He can trust you with resources. And I know uh, we our church experienced that. We had a guy who uh, gave uh, the largest offering we had initially to this church was a guy who wasn't a member uh, initially. This is early on, um, and uh, after he gave it, you know. Um, he went. His life went. His his economic life went down the tubes. I didn't know this till several years later. So he gives this gift. He sells this house and gives the equity and gives it to our church, which is what helped helped us purchase this property. And uh, and uh, you know, praise God for that. And I thought everything was fine. Well, I come to find out later that you know what he had a terrible economic time. God was proving and testing him on his giving. And would he continue to be faithful? And um, just because he actually is a faithful man and his heart was true, uh, God actually recovered him. He, he's now a very wealthy man and he's still giving uh, very lavishly, uh, let's say, to the ministry of God. But he knows it's not about giving to get. Uh, it's about giving open-handedly to the Lord. And so uh, he did the experiment <laughs> and uh, he learned that he's dealing with God. So tithing is simple obedience. Um, and I'm not talking about taking uh, taking from your tithe and redistributing it to like a building fund uh, or something like that. I'm, I'm talking about going beyond you know uh, the tithe and offering, uh, seeing God provide for both others and uh, and for you and others. Because when you give, usually that's we're talking about beyond the tithe. Then you're, now you're talking about man, how's God going to make these ends meet? How am I going to Trust God to get this done, um, and God God will do it, and He'll get you through it. So it is. I'm not advocating the prosperity gospel, by the way. It's not. He's not going to open up heaven and necessarily get you a new Mercedes Benz and a new car and all that kind of stuff. But uh, He is able to provide. There's also a sense of being wise too. You don't want to, as I pointed out in the either other passage that Paul said, He's not asking you to give beyond what. Uh, what you have, right? He says, give what you have, not what you don't have. All right. I one time heard a preacher say, it's okay. Just charge up your, I think God will bless it. If you charge up your credit card, you know, and I'm like, are you serious, man? That is, I'm the spirit of God is not telling me to charge up my credit card. Right. And, and uh, do that. That's foolishness. And so, uh, you know, give according to what you have, not according to what you have not. So, but at the end of the day, 
and I because of the charismatics and and that false and that prosperity gospel, I think a lot of us uh, also use that as an excuse not to give, <laughs> not to give lavishly, and um, and so uh, man, I'm thankful. If it wasn't for people who give lavishly, man, the ministry would not go forward, and uh, and so praise the Lord. And we should give obediently as well. And I think if someone just gives obediently, uh, man, God bless them and God will bless that. But there are times God calls us to give sacrificially. That He really does. I don't even talk about money. I'm talking about in ministry. He'll ask you to go further than you would normally go. So you, you got so many hours in a week. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give up my two hours this week to do whatever God wants me to do for for Jesus. And you know what? God's going to call you. Sometimes he'll call you to give up four hours or five hours. You know, I just had two funerals this week. I did not have time. But you know what? My calendar's his. So I just got to, you just got to roll with it. And you got to give, not grudgingly or necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. Right? And so it's not all about money. But my point is, what's cool, somehow this week, I was more ahead on my sermon prep than I normally am with very, with so much less time. I don't know how that worked. I really don't. I was just sitting there tonight thinking about it because I'm prepping for other things. I don't have time to get done either. But my point is is that sometimes God stretches you out and he's asking you to give by faith. Just go. And I'm, so I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about our lives. And we ought to be, uh, as we grow in that, I'm not saying every. you don't have to do You don't have to. That's the other side of this quote. You don't have to give your life. You don't have to do anything. You can take the, We can take salvation. Praise God, you'll go to heaven. That's good. Good for us. We get to go to heaven. But what really Paul's driving down, drilling down on here is the fact that, man, God has blessed us so much. When we share, when we share what God's given us with others, it causes thanksgiving to come from the heart of others that would, that would not otherwise come. And uh, he's really imploring them, saying, look, guys, your commitment that you haven't yet taken care of is go- has, has caused this thanksgiving to happen. It is taking off like wildfire. And all of this is not only a blessing to my team, it's not only a blessing to Macedonians, now it's going to be a blessing in Jerusalem. And, and guys, that's going to be a blessing to you. And, uh, and he's really just imploring them uh, to be obedient in, in that. And so, um, and so while, he says, whilst the, by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for the, your professed, and notice it says professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. And so, um, and of course, whatever this liberal distribution was, it wasn't beyond their ability, because Paul's already made that clear in previous in previous uh, text in previous message. He says, "Just give what you got, not what you don't have." And so, uh, it's causing such a great Thanksgiving. So, set aside time uh, to thank God for His blessings in your life. Um, and so, you know, and, and I would encourage us, you know, to also experiment with offering, going beyond uh, just obedience to, to, you know, try to do something a little extravagant so every once in a while and uh, give more than you're comfortable giving and trust the Lord that he will bless that um, and see where God, what God does with that. Because that's, I tell you what, God is a giver. He gives. And I think in this group you guys do that. But you know what I mean. That's something that we grow in. I guess, what am I really saying? We grow in giving. We really do. Um, At the end of the day, I was thinking about just the other day what this, uh, I don't remember when it was, but the other day I was just kind of thinking about how you don't get out of this life without giving up your life. You just don't. There's only, unless you get raptured. But, um, 
a lot of people don't have the joy. Well, you know, a lot of us will live until the catching away. We won't have the joy, <clears throat> the joy of experiencing letting go of everything. <clears throat> but you don't, you know, like Jim is. If the Lord doesn't come soon, he will likely experience what it is to literally let go of everything, to give up, you know, whatever dreams that you had, whatever your wife, your kids, your grandkids, with the hope. All your, you got to give it all to get it back. You know, and really life is an experiment of faith and giving back to God everything he's given you and trusting him with it. Um, and uh, he's He's able to do it. You know, obviously we say that easy for me to say. But if you live long enough, everybody has the opportunity to experience giving up and letting God take what he gave you to start with, which is your life. And so, uh, and then we'll see on the other side how incredible that gift is. It's amazing. And so, really, for the Christian, the job is just is not wait until you're taking your last last breath to give up your life. the The ideal situation is we start early, and we give often, and <laughs> we give up our lives for Christ, and we're living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Uh, it's reasonable when you really look at it biblically to give up our life, and so. Um, so that's really what Paul is encouraging these Corinthians to do, because uh, they, 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 you know, they have a tendency to go on the carnal side. They have a tendency to think of themselves more high than they ought, and they have a tendency to depend upon their wisdom instead of God's wisdom. And so, uh, so set aside time to thank God for His blessings in your life, uh, and uh, and we can do that tonight when we go to prayer. That's something we can all lead into prayer with, which is something is just thanking God that He's put us here in a culture. You know, it's getting increasingly fatalistic in our culture. Man, Christians ought to be thankful because we got life. Not just like physical life, but eternal life. You know, we have life that goes beyond the grave. I mean, we're we're really optimistic, and uh, we should be. We have every reason to be optimistic and to be full of thanksgiving. Because you really can't stop us. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna come back because uh, our life is hid in Christ. It's so incredible. So you cannot put a dollar amount on eternal life. You, there's just no there's no dollar amount that we, any of us can put on eternal life. There's just not a, any amount of money. There's no money worth giving up eternal. How much do you want to? How much? Well, hey, you have eternal life, Brian. How much can I? How much? If I if you could just how much could I pay you to give that up? Nothing. You know, nothing. In our culture, we're, we're not really ever pressed very hard on those things, but you, we can certainly, we can certainly uh, betray Christ, that's for sure. And so the, 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 the least we could do is, uh, you know, throw a dinner, right? Uh, and so, you know what, we do that every fifth Sunday, and, uh, and it's called the Lord's Supper. And we're going to do that here in a couple of weeks. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're celebrating... And we're commemorating how God has gone over and above to give His Son. I mean, wow, uh, what a gift. And He did that in our place. And that causes us great thanksgiving. And that's why we come to the Lord's table with such uh, thanksgiving and praise. And, and, uh, and uh, it's such an incredible thing that God would offer His own Son uh, for me and for you. What an incredible gift. And so that's what Paul says to conclude it up. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. I mean, this is so incredible. It's it, there's no words. It's just there's nothing to say about that. I mean, it is what it is. It's unspeakable gift. So maybe 
sometimes maybe we reduce Thanksgiving to turkey and uh, and a football game uh, once a year. But you know what? We need to make sure that we uh, that that we can comprehend what what the unspeakable gift is all about and is spoken of in Second Corinthians nine fifteen. We need to really meditate on that unspeakable gift because today God wants us to understand. Um, you know. Uh, not just like the day we get saved, what he did, but you can, it's like the learning of what Jesus did on the cross for us and, and what that entails, it lasts forever. It really moves us in ministry. Um, that offering of his only begotten son for our sin, of course, redeems us, but it also moves us and motivates us to understand what we should be giving as ministers of the gospel. Paul is, is encouraging the, them. He's starting with something simple like money. But where do you think he's taking the, the, the Corinthians? He's not dealing with just their finances. He's dealing with their lives, right? And if he can have your money, well, that's easy. The hard part is lives. A lot of people will give money, but will, will we give God our life? Will we be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, unto God, which is our reasonable service? God was already good in that he created you and me. And God's been good just to give us a heartbeat, to give us lungs to breathe, to allow us to, to have a mind, to be cognitive, uh, you know, be able to understand what's going on, and of course to have our soul. Uh, man, God's allowed us to live on this earth. I mean, wow. He put all of us in this country, of all the countries of the world, the greatest country on the planet. Um, but he went way beyond that. And that's that's a lot of stuff to be thankful for right there. But he went way, way beyond that when he died on the place on the on the cross for our sins, uh, to solve our sin condition. Right? That is an incredible gift. And there's not enough anything that we can give him to thank him for that, but we should try. And um, and so we can start with just opening up our mouth and saying thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And uh, thank you for uh, giving your son for me. And thank you, um, you know, for, uh, you know, the, the tip I give, but also, Lord, give me the grace to give more. And I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about of us, you know, give, may, may I give more. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out and be a martyr, but if God called us to be martyrs, wouldn't we want to say yes, Lord? And uh, I would, I'd want to, I don't know if I would, you know, you're not necessarily have to worry about that grace until that day comes. But I tell you what, that day ain't going to come if you don't start. If we don't start now, right, with just an attitude of gratitude that produces thanksgiving to God for his unspeakable gift. All right, so let's pray, and then we'll pray. Uh, Let's bow our hearts and our heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we conclude the time in your word uh, tonight, Lord, we're thinking about thanksgiving. We're fixing to go to prayer in just a moment. Lord, I pray that you have prepared our mind for prayer tonight, that our our minds would be set aside for your uh, spirit to work um, in our hearts in regard to what we need to be focusing on and the needs of the body. Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts. Lord, uh, the Bible tells us, uh, you know, the broken and contrite heart you will not refuse. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would be prepared for harvest. Lord, that we'd be prepared uh, uh, to... Uh, see fruit, Lord. Uh, that's really what Paul's talking about uh, in this chapter as well, uh, and and making sure that uh, the so- seed is sown, and the increase of the fruits of righteousness are produced, and it would be enriched in every one of us. Heavenly Father, I pray God that our lives would be enriching, Lord, that it would they would be reproductive, that the offerings of our lips and the meditations of our hearts, Lord, would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, I pray as we go to prayer here in just a few minutes 
that uh, you would be glorified, that you would uh, cause this small little prayer meeting to be uh, magnified in uh, in its import uh, at the throne of God, Lord, that we would be keying on things that need to be prayed for, like our country, like our church, like our families, um, Lord, like the need for us to make disciples, to accomplish your mission and your power for your glory, Lord, for the missionaries that we've mentioned, Lord, for the ministers in our own church, Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be mindful, uh, Lord, that our hearts would be prepared, and Lord, that our hands would be open to uh, give our lives as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And with that, Lord, you can have anything that you want from us. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would not say no to you. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so that's the that's the conclusion of chapter 9. Next time we get together, we'll be in chapter 10. And uh, we'll go forward from there as uh, Paul uh, deals with the warfare, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we'll get into some of that next time. All right, I want to stop here.